<laughs> that was me. You answer the question. What were your thoughts on the Kentucky Derby yesterday? I I have to admit I didn't watch it. Okay, apparently. A ho- okay, apparently, apparently a horse won with like eighty-two to one odds. Oh my! Yeah, and, and somebody a lot, a lot of, of money. Freaking, yeah, someone made a lot of money, and some other a people, bunch of people, inclu- lost. including my dad, were like, "I wish I bet on that horse." <laughs> a lot well, yeah. of people. Hello, oh, everybody. I'm Scoob. That's poop today. Is Sunday the eighth? We probably want to listen to this on Monday the ninth. I actually can't guarantee that I'll get this out tonight. Oh, I'm so behind on my everything, bro. Bro, just upload it, you know. <sighs> well, it's kind of like <laughs> editing stuff. Well, I mean, maybe the less opening talking I do, the the better it'll be. That is true. Um. So. F1 Miami Grand Prix this weekend. Um, unfortunately, we did just lose an, a F1 driver, Tony Brooks. Many will not recognize that name. He was a relatively famous. What did I think? He was a very famous stra- driver. Driver back in the late fifties, early sixties. Uh, he was kind of known in amongst like the uh, Peter Collins. Uh, Sterling Moss, Mike Hawthorne, the early Brits. Uh, he he had a good shot for a few championships, never managed to get one, but he has passed away at 90. Uh, don't actually know when. Uh, but yeah, also just before we get off of F1, do you have any further comments on the Miami Grand Prix? Go Max. Uh, uh, it was kind of saucy. It it was kind of saucy. It was a little it was a little boring until like the last 10 laps and then all hell broke after loose. safety car was kind of wild yeah it all, well i i would i would argue safety car in general so just lando yeah that that um, was uh gasly was just on some not good driving there, skills today there were quite a few people who thought corners were theirs when they weren't mm-hmm. let me just put it that way uh, alonso joe joe made the smart decision he got out Nick, early yeah. Anyway, I don't also want to. Say, I don't remember specifically the Alonzo Gasly one, but I remember at the time thinking that it's kind of both of their faults. Alonzo said he kind of closed the door on me. Alonzo was like not even anywhere near alongside. He wasn't even halfway. He was like a quarter of the way alongside. He should have. I, I literally don't remember the incident, but I was telling it to. Time to uh, whatever. Your anyway. words are a lie. So go ahead and tell us about the new Acura Integra, because... Uh, uh... Uh, well, it has started production, which is kind of nice. Recording! Um, Sorry, wow. I forgot to do that. Big loud. Um, so the Acura Integra has started production in the United States, and it will be produced in Ohio for the entire global market. Recording! Wow. Anyway, uh, it is expected... I should have muted, but continue. Yes, yes, you should have. Uh, it's expected to arrive in dealerships in June. That is in America. Uh, for the rest of the global market, I don't know. You'll get it when you get it. Figure it out. Um, and honestly, I, I mean, we covered the Acura Integra launch enough that you should probably know at least somewhat about it. Um, so we're not going to talk about it again. But uh, if you want one. Better go get one, <laughs> because they're going to sell fast. I can. T-
tell you that for sure. You're gonna go? No. Um, no? So, Fisker, everyone's favorite uh, electric car company, uh, that uh, kind of did a pretty bad job the first time it's not going for a second attempt. They have a new project called Project Ronin. Uh, is that the official name of the car? We do not know, but we will find out soon. It will be an electric sports car. Uh, it's a convertible. And it plans to uh, beat the current held title for longest range car, which is the Lucid Air at 520 miles. It's shooting for a range of 600 miles, Mr. Fisker claimed. Um, and it'll do 0 to 60 in around uh, 2.0 seconds. Now, real fast, a bit more about the car. I described it as a convertible. Well, actually, it's a four-seater convertible. And I'm not talking like, you know, Porsche, Mercedes, sort of this seats in the back that are there for insurance reasons. No, I'm talking full, proper, like, racing seats for four people. Does it have um, four doors, or is it still two-door? It's still, it's hard to tell. They didn't exactly announce it, and it's hard to tell in the picture. Uh, I could see it going either way, but uh, it seemed like it was leaning towards sort of the Koenigsegg big two-door. Mm. Um, I'm honestly going to be surprised if they go something like that, because the main reason a lot of convertibles have short seats in the rear is because the longer you make that middle compartment, the looser the chassis is, so it handles like garbage. Ah. Um, it could be a four-door. That has been done before. Um, yeah. But the name is a reference to the 1998 action film Ronin, starring Robert De Niro. That's pretty much the only other thing we know. Something about uh, sliding around European cities. So it does say sedan, doesn't it? But that's in the movie part, so it doesn't really mean anything. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway. Nissan. Nissan, the new Z, has a little bit of a weird thing going on with the exhaust. So, the manual transmission exhaust will actually be quieter than the automatic version. You're probably wondering why would they do that? The manual's the one that perform like the, the enthusiasts are going to get, so they're going to want the louder exhaust. Well, they didn't have a choice because of California's incredibly misguided noise regulations when it comes to automobiles. Uh, uh, basically, the test is. The car has to drive past a microphone doing 31 miles an hour and then accelerate away until it reaches, um, honestly, it just accelerates away until it reaches a certain point. I don't remember what that was. But the thing is, when you're doing the testing with an automatic transmission, you're allowed to use whatever gear the automatic transmission feels like. And then when you floor it, you floor it so it doesn't enable the kickdown switch. Now, for those of you who don't know, a kickdown switch in an automatic transmission vehicle is a switch that detects when the pedal, your gas pedal, is put all the way to the floor so that it automatically shifts the transmission down into the lowest possible gear for that, that RPM. Um, the reason they don't want you to do that is because, of course, shifting into a lower gear makes the car louder. But... When you do the testing for a manual transmission vehicle, the test has to be done in either second or third gear. Now, that means that you're going to hit 
red line at some point during that acceleration event after driving past the mic. And red line is incredibly loud in any car. It's always louder than the normal operating conditions. So given that the tests are obviously biased towards an automatic transmission vehicle, uh, they have to put a quieter exhaust in the manual transmission or else it won't pass. And because California is now allowed to dictate emissions when it comes to emissions and sound for the entire country, um, yeah, we're stuck with it, which I'm not too happy about. But, you know, there's this little thing called representation, and I feel like <laughs> I don't want to get into that right now, but you get what I'm saying. <coughs> All right. You know, Will, I am. I do. Frontman of the... Fa okay, hold on. I'm sorry. Um, all right, that's better. Uh, Will, I am. Uh, famous frontman of uh, the famous group Black Eyed Peas, as well as just a overall famous musician. And some will debate there, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about his recent collaboration with Mercedes AMG and West Coast Customs uh, for the new vehicle he has concocted known as the Will I AMG. Um, Will I AM and West Coast Customs reworked the AMG GT's body uh, to convert it from four doors to two doors uh, thinking that these must be in contention for the I my brain is actually failing me I'm so sorry must be in contention for the largest doors on any car oh they're just saying that it's got big doors uh, it's got big doors it's got a big long front end that's almost reminiscent of a G-Wagon except it's a regular car uh Yeah, and then it's just a big car. I don't know. I'm sorry. My brain is failing me. I'll try and be more prepared for the next topic anyway, like, mentally. <clears throat> uh, the Tesla Roadster. You remember that one? Uh, you remember no. that was supposed to come out in, uh, what was it, 2020 and then 2021? Uh, this is the second Roadster, by the way. Not the one that caught yeah, fire. Yeah, the new one. Not, not, the, not the Porsche 911 electric. Um, it was actually an Elise. I don't care what it was. <laughs> I actually don't. Um, but the point is, uh, the the new production date, of course, if you know about the roads, you probably know the new production date is set for 2023, as Elon made a big show of it and was like, hey, we're actually going to make it this time. Well, uh, well that's like the, would yet to be seen. But just a reminder, the original deposit on that car that people have, had, uh, I think, placed as early as 2019 was $50,000. Now, if you know anything about, like, deposits for a car, you know that's a crap ton of money for a deposit. Most deposits on a car are anywhere between two hundred and fifty and, like, $5,000. Some of them some of them get a little bit higher than that, but never anywhere near $50,000, especially for a car that's only supposed to be between two hundred and $250,000. That's, that's already a, a, a fifth or a quarter of the price of the car, depending on which version you get. Well, the reservation page has been reopened after it was closed last year um, because the nice, nice. production was delayed indefinitely. 
Well, after the recent announced that production will definitely happen in 20, 2023, uh, the reservation page has been officially reopened. Uh, if you want to go waste $50,000, go ahead. But if you don't, um, you're probably making a good financial choice. There are no more Founders Editions available, which are the most expensive $250,000 variant. However, if you are to put a deposit down now, you have no price guarantee of what you will actually pay for the Roadster because they have no price listing on the website anymore. Of course, those who put down a deposit uh, earlier probably have some legal right to the price that was listed on the website when they put the deposit down, which would be 200000 for the regular or 250000 for the Founders Edition. But now you have no claim to any price at all if you put down a, a deposit. So literally, you're just putting down fifty k for the right to pay. Who knows? Anywhere, literally, I wouldn't be surprised if it was $300,000 after all chip shortage madness and battery tech doing weird things. I have no clue, but I would not be surprised if they pulled a old switcheroo on you and made it $300,000 just for fun, you know? Because yeah. why not? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you could do it if you want. Don't don't look at that. <laughs> yes, I'm very prepared for this next topic. Audi has yes. a new RS3. Um, we may have been underselling Audi on this podcast or under talking about them because they've definitely launched a few cool cars that we've just not talked about. But here's one: it's the RS3. Uh, 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 the new 2022 Audi RS3 has a starting price of. Uh, can I round this one, or do I have to say the full thing? Round it! Okay, $60,000. Here, I'll give the real one to $59,995. It was a $5. Hey, look at that. He can read numbers. Yes, I can. <laughs> uh, it has a 401 horsepower turbocharged 2.5 liter inline 5 engine. Which is... Uh, I mean, that's typical for an Audi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The turbocharged 2.5 uh, inline 5, it's so hard to say inline 5 because I'm just not used to saying it, uh, stays roughly the same as before, but now produces 401 horsepower as compared to the 394 horsepower for the 2020 RS3. Wow, look at that. It's so big. Uh, Audi skipped the 2021 model year. They, they made 7 more horsepower. Wow. Uh, Torque is also up 15 pound-feet of torque to 369 pound-feet of torque. Okay, that is a can, dub. Can I just say, um, did, did this, this pound-feet? Never mind. I'll, I'll... Up uh, 15 pound-feet uh, to <laughs> 369 pound-feet. I copy and pasted <laughs> it that. So that's just what... I know, and they're wrong. <laughs> But it says torque is also up. Yeah, torque is torque is measured in foot pounds, not pound feet. It, you, is it anyway? Yes. I've heard. I've definitely heard a lot of people say pound feet of torque. I know, and those are British people, and they don't know how to talk, and they don't know how to read, and they don't know how to use numbers. So what do you expect? Where is this from? Car and driver. Fair enough. 
<laughs> if it was from top no, anyway if it was from top guy i'd be like ha they're british yeah but honestly anyway new bentley seats so uh bentley is in the is in the process of making a, a new what is it it's a new uh bentega i believe yes um and it's going to be coming with new seats and you're probably wondering why we're talking about seats in a Bentley, because that's a strange thing to talk about. And you're right. Uh, the only reason we're doing it is because it's funny. Uh, the most advanced seat ever is what they call this one. Uh, it's got 22-way adjustment. Now, um, that's a lot. I don't know if you have a, an electric seat in your car, but typically... You'll have you have your front back, so that's what one. I, I don't even I don't even know how they count these twenty two way things, but honestly, that's just a ridiculous amount of control, and I have a feeling it's going to make the controls a little bit complicated. First of all, um, and two, they have this new tech they called advanced postural adjustment technology. Which comes with 177 individual pressure changes across six zones. Now, if you know what that means, go ahead and tell us, because I have no clue. That kind of makes no sense and sounds like some marketing bullshit, if you ask me. Um, but that's that. Uh, it also comes with 24 billion possible trim specification configurations. Because, of course, you want all the options you can get when you're buying your fancy Bentley. Uh, not that anyone actually cares, because most people can't afford it. And so, yeah, that's that. Bentley, most people, if you own a Bentley, you own three other cars. That's true. A Bentley might be the daily, so, you know, some people do care. Yeah. He has a new soul out. What? It, uh, it, well, it's not a new soul, it's a facelift from the old one. But there are two key differences. One... It looks different, as most facelifts do. Um, but this one, this in my opinion, looks like a step back from the one we have now. It looks like le it, it literally looks like a 2018 model year versus like the 2021 that we have. Uh, that's pretty much what I have to say on that front. But uh, I don't know. I think it. Also, I think I think they made the right decision considering what they're doing to it you know oh oh yeah, yeah yeah and it doesn't come with the turbo anymore that's the other big change yeah exactly i think that i think making it look less sporty makes sense considering they took the turbo off yeah because it's making less power now also this because they took a turbo off i don't know if this counts as a facelift i think this kind of counts as like a, a face down a half generation you know what i mean I, usually, I I count like generations as like the chat like we've started from the ground up. I know that's why I said half generation. Fair enough. You know how Volkswagen does like a weird thing with the GTI where they have like the the Mark Seven and then the Mark Seven Point Five because they wanted to do a facelift, but they changed a little bit of other stuff too. <laughs> it's kind of like that. Sure. Anyway, the twenty twenty three. Resvani Beast is a car. Now, if you don't know who Resvani is, honestly, you're probably in luck because that means you're not insane. Um, a weird car like us. 
But seeing as you're listening to this, you probably are. Um, Resvani is a California-based car company that makes the Resvani Beast, which is a basically, I guess you could call it a supercar, although it's kind of on that line between sports car and supercar. And then they make uh, basically military vehicles. <laughs> they make armored armored vehicles and large six by six trucks. Um, and it's a strange model lineup, if I have to say myself. It's uh, definitely unique. But the new 2022 Riz- I'm 2023 Rizvani Beast will have a twin turbo mystery 1,000 horsepower engine. We have no clue how many cylinders or what structure it's going to be. It's just going to have a thousand horsepower and two turbos, according to them. Um, it'll have a carbon fiber body. Now, this is not a carbon fiber chassis, so it's likely to remain a tube frame chassis. Although, we'll see if they actually make their own this time. Um, previously, they did buy a tube frame from Ariel, I believe, yes. Um, and it's supposedly going to be released this summer. Um, and Motor One wanted me to remind you guys that this summer starts on June 21st because, you know, some people just don't remember when the summer starts. <laughs> anyway, it's totally in June. Uh, Sorry, that's a completely random comment. But it's in June? I thought it was like the next couple of... <laughs> Apparently, I you thought didn't it was the co- next couple wow. days. Now, the way the seasons, like, officially work is, like, winter starts, like, January something. That I know. Or, no, no, it's uh, December 21st is the, was they, winter. They, like, yeah, but they, like, start kind of in the middle of when you expect the season to start. Fair you know enough. what I mean? It's weird. Anyway, um, point is, uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's a cool little car. Um... And I'd like to actually see when it comes out. Uh, you can reserve one for $250 on their website if you really want to. Um, now you might notice how I said $250 and not $50,000. Yeah. Yeah. Well, somebody knows. How it's $500 for a TVR <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, go do that too. Yeah. Might as well. While we're at it. With that $50,000 yeah. you have lying around. Yeah, exactly. Also, uh, let me know if you do have that, and I can get the donation set up for this podcast. I haven't done that because I haven't had a reason to, but you'd be a pretty good reason to. Yep. Anyway. So, Jeep. Uh, Nothing actually to do with Jeep. Uh, This could be any car, but essentially, a Jeep owner drops off his his, uh, car for an oil chain, for an oil service at the dealer, right? And, um, he doesn't expect anything to happen, right? Right, well. So, essentially, what happened is a teenager that did not necessarily know how to drive stick got in the vehicle to attempt to move it. And I don't even know how you do this, by the way. Uh, can, I, I've not been trained on stick, but I've, like, heard and, like, seen people do it. So it's, I, 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 I don't know how you end up with this result. Usually the bad result is you stall it. I can tell you exactly how. Okay. Um, but apparently <laughs> he accidentally jolted it in a direction with enough force to kill one of his fellow co-workers. Uh, 42-year-old Jeffrey Hawkins. 
uh, being the person who died, and I'm, we're not going to disclose the name of the teenager. Not that I don't even have it. Up yeah, in a Rochester anyway, Hills uh, Chrysler Dodge you know? uh, dealership of Michigan. And the interesting, this is my uh, topic, by the way. I'll, I'll, I'll get to you when I need more description, but I still have yeah, more than yeah, I can yeah. say right now. Keep going. Um, so, uh, what's up with this? Uh, y you imagine that this family might be a little bit upset about their dead relative. So, they are submitting a $15 million lawsuit to the owner of the Jeep who was not even present. Did you want to go now, or do you want me to, like... I was literally just going to explain how you would lurch forward a manual transmission. Oh, I, I didn't yeah. know that's I what you were going to explain. But then you rudely cut me off. So, anyway, um, if you want to know how you would actually oh, do that... Now I feel um, bad. <laughs> yeah, you should. Um, basically, what you do is you have somebody explain to you how to drive a manual. They say you get the re engine revs going up a little bit, and then you release the clutch out. But you miss the part where they say release the clutch out slowly. You would get your revs up, and you accidentally dump your clutch, and then you go flying forward or backwards or whichever direction. That does actually sound fairly yeah. That makes sense. Now does that make so sense? It's something I would probably I would... do. Yes. It's like the number one mistake anyone learning how to drive manuals does. They don't let the clutch out slow enough, and you end up lurching forward or backwards or whatever. Which is why you should never learn how to drive stick in a parking lot with a bunch of other people around. Or inside of a uh, dealership. Yeah, I have a feeling it was in the parking lot outside the dealership that this happened, though. But who knows? It could be inside. We don't actually know. Um, so what is happening with this lawsuit is essentially the U.S. government is really strange. Um, so the family legally has to sue the owner of the vehicle, and then the owner of the vehicle then has to sue the dealership for any true justice to be done. Um, but it, yeah, the fact that they have to go through this extra stuff is kind of stupid. I, 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 in a perfect world, the owner of the Jeep should, like, barely be involved in this whole thing, considering he was not even present. Yes. This is actually very similar to what you have to do if somebody steals your car and then runs somebody over, though. It's kind of a weird thing with automotive laws. Should definitely be updated, I'll tell you that one. Yeah. Uh... I actually don't know if this is a Michigan-only thing, by the way, though. It, it might be, like, a state thing. If it if, if it's different in your state, well, then it's, it's different it's in your state. But it's like the, uh, the guy on VinWiki. Right, do we have another topic to cover before I go down a VinWiki story? We do. I'm going to not elaborate do, on that VinWiki really story. Look up, look up the VinWiki story about um, we can, uh, dead guy hit my car. Me, dead guy hit me... my car. Now go. Nice. Uh, so, Mini has stopped production on manual transmission vehicles because of what they say is effects of the chip shortage. Now, I have to ask you guys a question. Um, if you think about how a manual transmission works, right? You have your clutch, which you operate as the driver. You have the hydraulic line that goes from the clutch to the, the slave cylinder and operates the clutch, actually. 
Then you have your your gear selector, which the driver also operates, which connects mechanically to the transmission, and the transmission is entirely mechanical. So, how would the chip shortage cause an issue for manual transmission vehicles? How? That's a question I've really been struggling with because it makes zero sense whatsoever. Uh, I really think Minya just wanted to stop making manual transmission cars and jump to whatever excuse they could find, whether it made sense or not. So, yeah, this probably is the end of manual Minis. No, no, no. Anyway. Yeah, not that anyone's really disappointed. There probably is like one or two British dudes who are just like, but I wanted to buy a manual mini. And you missed the train. Anyway. Um, um, congratulations, Jamie Chadwick, on your victory in the W Series. Congratulations, Max Verstappen, on your victory in F1. Congratulate. I'm just going to run through all the series that happened this weekend. Uh, 